on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. spending time with my family. I'm here with my family. My Lord, this muggy November weather gives me the horribles. Robert, this here is velvet, not velveteen. A gentleman must learn the difference. My Lord. Time with my family. My family. Time with my family. My family. Everybody, welcome back, and not just a regular welcome back, a super welcome back, because now back by just unrestrained popular demand, season two of Know Thy Enemy, but you're not here to listen to me, my name's Trey Rowland, but like I said, you don't care, you're here for the savant, the guy who is studying, pouring over, opposing rosters, the man, the myth, the guy. Of the hour, Dane Draper, Dane. I can't wait, dude. They wanted us back. We're here again. It's amazing. We are back. It's it's, it's awesome. Very nice. I know, I know you're ready. We were talking before the show. Your pronunciation is on point. Your your info is immaculate, and you just you got a gleam in your eye, kid. And I'm ready. I, you got me amped. Oh, let's go, Trey. That gets that gets me amped too. So I'm excited. Yeah, I was doing my uh, my vocal warm ups beforehand with all the names and everything. Yeah, we're good, Trey. We it got was this. good, dude. A little honey Chattanooga whiskey, a little like doing the scales. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, let's yeah. let's get into it, man. Florida State they got a tough matchup on Sunday night. They're playing against LSU just to kind of give you a, an idea of what type of team LSU was last year because they do return a lot of players. They return 25 players on the roster that have started at least one game. So a lot of returning production. So similarities to Florida State in that way. But last year, the 2022 LSU Tigers, they were 10-4. and four. They won the SEC West, big wins over Ole Miss, Alabama. That's the one that really seemed to kind of catapult them into the national conversation last year that I think – the strength of that win has carried over into this year with a lot of their preseason expectations. They smashed Purdue in the bowl game. As far as like how they played in the S and P plus rankings were just a, they're an analytical way to look at the quality of play, just how you do on success rate, explosive playing things that are like repeatable. Bill Connolly does it for ESPN. LSU is actually the 13th best team overall 
the 23rd best offense, the 26th best defense, 92nd in special teams, which really kind of lines up with that performance against Florida State. Um, just for comparison, that same metric, and once I said, it's not bulletproof, but it just kind of gives you a, a general idea of how teams played last year. Florida State was 27th overall with the 33rd best offense, the 35th best defense, and 113th in the nation in special teams. So in every in every category, it's it it looked like LSU from that metric was the better team than Florida State, even though that Florida State beat them first game of the season and could have beat them handily. Dane, what's your what's your opinion of how the teams played last year? Was was LSU the better team and FSU got lucky when they faced them, or do you disagree with what those kind of metrics are saying? Well, I think LSU got a lot better as the season went on. I mean, I think they're a great example of a team like that. You know, that was that was uh, Brian Kelly's first game wearing the uh, FSU or LSU polo, you know, um, as their uh-huh. head coach. So I think they probably got a lot or they definitely got a lot better as the season went on. But so did FSU. And um, they were two really good teams last year that battled it out and definitely had plenty of mistakes on both sides in that game. Ended up coming down to a – I mean – came down to a blocked PAT, not exactly the most repeatable thing. Um, and, and that's how the game ended. But, yeah, definitely very different-looking teams this year in the opener, I'd say. Different but balanced and successful, and I can't wait to talk about it. So let's start at the top. They bring back quarterback Jaden Daniels. He was a starter for all 14 games last year, 43 starts in his collegiate career. He signed to Beats by Dre like Jordan Travis. You know, that's a high honor. What do you get from what do you get from Jaden Daniels? What does he do well? What does he maybe not do as well? And how does he match up against FSU's defense? I think he is. I mean, he's a really good college quarterback. Obviously, he's I think very similar to Jordan Travis and like the Heisman odds. If you're into that sort of thing, it's kind of. I mean, you can at least get some perspective on the ceiling of a guy or the expectations on a guy with the team and maybe the team around him too. Um, He's very experienced. He's played college for a long time. He transferred from Arizona State before last year at LSU, but he was good at LSU. They have another really good quarterback in that room named Garrett Nussmeyer, and he and he held him off, and he's holding him off again. Um, but he's a guy who's really, really dangerous on the ground. One of the best quarterbacks in the country when it comes to just escaping the pocket and just gaining yards. I mean, he was their leading rusher on the team last year, and I don't think that was exactly by design. Um, and that probably leads into some, to some other points we have when we talk about the rushing attack. Um, but he's he's absolutely a dynamic, you know, dual threat type quarterback who can make the throws you need him to make and is really dangerous on the ground. But um, but uh, areas of but. weakness, I'd, I'd say last year, I'm not especially bullish on him. I think some people are. And, um and he, I'm sure he deserves that. He definitely does. But I think he also struggled at times, and this is hearing this from LSU media and the people that I talked to over there about this team, is that he, he stru- uh, struggled to, I guess, trigger quickly, you know, um, make decisions quickly. He's definitely mm-hmm. not the, uh, the aggressive quarterback that you might want um, at times, especially when it comes to pushing the ball down the field. He's not exceptionally accurate when pushing the ball down the field either. And he has some really, really good wide receivers too. So that's that's an area where I know for a fact that they've looked to improve this offseason. That's been a huge area of focus. And um, and that's definitely something to look for in this game. 
although FSU is also pretty good at, at limiting those deep balls to and explosive plays. And I would, I would point you guys over to the work that Kevin Little does for our site. Uh, his, his opponent-focused video previews on that X's and Knowles YouTube channel really highlights a lot of the stuff that Dane's talking about. The offense really lives specifically in the passing game with that one to 10, like intermediate yard range, a tough, a ton of their offense was focused in that. And as they started to go downfield, the efficiency was less, the accuracy was off. And for a guy who has such good escapability and rushing prowess, he's got a way higher sack rate than you'd expect. Kind of the inverse of like Jordan Travis. It's weird. They both have good legs, but Jordan's escapability and his ability to get the ball off down the field and make decisions quickly, I think is what separates the two talented quarterbacks in this game for me. Now, before we get to the receivers, because I, I think that's a that's probably outside of Daniels is the most dangerous part of this offense. I want to talk about the running backs. Like LSU has always been a running back factory. They've always had they've always had a really good history of chump just churning out productive backs. What do you think about this room this year? They're facing a suspension there, but is LSU going to – are they going to hurt FSU's defensive line on the ground? I mean, they're definitely going to try to. And I think I think Jay Daniels is a big part of their ground game, like I was I was saying. But, yeah, they, they definitely didn't run the ball very well last year. Um, they weren't particularly good on the offensive line, honestly, last year. But they – I think – I think it's definitely not a flashy room at all, which is – which is not what you'd expect from LSU, honestly. No, this team not is at all. A, it's one of the best recruiting programs in the country, you know, year over year of like top five, top five ish classes for sure. Um, and they don't have like an absolute dude there, which is, which isn't super ordinary, I wouldn't think for them. Um, but the guys that they do have in the room, they do have some depth, I would say. Uh, like you mentioned, a suspension there, um, or at least not being eligible. I don't actually. If it's a suspension, then that's, you know, that's up, the, uh, that's up for a go 24 <laughs> seven to decipher. We right. know on our side, he's not playing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but that's John Emery. And he's kind of the high ceiling, like is like the flashy guy in the room. I'd say if there's a guy who's gonna, who can impact a game and kind of, I don't want to, if I want to say like take over, but, but really impact the game on his own, it would be John Emery. And he's not going to be in this game. And he wasn't in the game last year either. So, you know, whatever. If she doesn't have to worry about him, you don't even have to know who he is. But the guys <laughs> who are playing, um, Logan Diggs is probably like the main every down guy who FSU is going to see. If I had to guess, um, he came in the fall as a transfer from Notre Dame. He's really productive at Notre Dame. Obviously, a guy that Brian Kelly is very familiar with. This past season, he ran for like 120 yards on the ground and um, he had over a thousand yards in total when combining that with his receiving. Uh, production so definitely a productive guy um, I guess a veteran in college football and someone you can rely on to um, pass block and, and catch the ball out of the backfield I know is kind of a strength of his as well so he can kind of do it on all three downs you also have a guy like Josh Williams who was I kind of want to say like the Logan Diggs almost of their team last year mm-hmm. he's kind of just the veteran he's a senior now was not a big time recruit but he's a guy who it's kind of considered trustworthy. Um, and outside of Jaden Daniels' uh, rushing ability last season or rushing production, uh, Josh Williams was the leader. Like, he was the leader in the running back room, I'd say. And then Noah Kane is, is really the only other notable guy, and he's kind of like the battering ram of that room. 
Reminds me of like a Notre Dame backfield, a bunch of solid, capable guys that rely on their offensive line to, to really in the, the tight ends to get them open. So they could they could be dangerous, but I'm also not really worried about them running away too much from FSU's linebackers, especially if the defensive line does their job and keeps them clean. So let's move to the trenches. A lot of guys from last year. Will Campbell's. I guess we'll start right. To, uh, we'll start with the tackles. You got uh, two sophomore tackles at Will Campbell. Remember him? He was making his first start again at FSU last year. Got absolutely lit on fire by Jared Verse immolation. And then sophomore right tackle, Emory Jones. You got Miles Frazier at guard. I think that was the FIU transfer that FSU was on. Um, and then Garrett Dellinger is, I think he's the center. And then I might be missing, no, Charles Turner is the center. Garrett Dellinger is the other guard. What do we think about this team? A lot of experience, a lot of continuity coming from last year. I don't remember them having a super impressive game against Florida State. They couldn't really get the ball moving until the very end. The the freshman tackle, although talented, really had a rough game with Jared versus coming out party on a national stage. What do we think about this offensive line? What do they excel at? And who do you expect to win that battle in the trenches against Florida State? Yeah, um... Yeah, definitely last year they weren't a very strong unit. And, and like you mentioned, that opening game, like they couldn't run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and pass protecting, yeah, like Jared Verse definitely uh, made an impact in that game. I think he had three sacks. Like that was that was a huge game for him and his his coming out party, like you said. But um, but this year I think that should be a much improved unit. I mean, the guy that uh, Jared Verse kind of dominated, like you're saying, Will Campbell, I mean, he's – He's the best player on that offensive line now as a sophomore. He was a five-star true freshman. I mean, there's a reason he was playing last year. It was just sure. it was just a massive moment, um, and he was playing carried verse. Uh, but Will Campbell, he's going to be wearing number seven this year for for LSU, which is definitely unique. And mm-hmm. I want to say football period for an offensive lineman to be wearing number seven. But that's a pretty prestigious thing for LSU. They give that to, I guess, like their best player pretty much. Um, and And he's probably that. Uh, I'd say him and Harold Perkins are the best players on the team, probably. Um, and I guess Malik Neighbors, who we'll touch on all those guys later. But uh, Will Campbell is a fantastic left tackle. He is really just exceptional. I think that's whoever he's lined up against, whether it's Pat Payton or Jared Verse. I mean, they're going to be relying on him to to shut to shut them down, really. And he might be able to do it. I mean, he's a future first round talent for sure. Okay, I'd say. I think from. For, from a projection standpoint, at least he's absolutely that. And he's the best guy on that line, but opposite of him, um, the other tackle Emory Jones, he was also a true freshman starter last year. Uh, he kind of took over a couple games in to my knowledge, at least, uh, and ended up being a pretty serviceable or maybe a better than that, like an above average, uh, sec tackle, even as a true freshman as well, opposite of Will Campbell. Um, I think he was an all all SEC freshman, if I remember. But he's another like probable future NFL guy. FSU was on him out of out of high school. He's from Baton Rouge. He was kind of always going to go there. It seemed like, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of a done deal with how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Atkins put in a good effort though, and he was he was high on FSU's board in the 2022 class. But um, but yeah, those are two really really high end players. Will Campbell especially, but Emory Jones is like a potential probably like a round three guy in a couple of years. And then outside of them, 
you mentioned Miles Frazier. Yes, the FI, former FIU transfer that FSU uh, pushed for, didn't excess, excessively push for. is pretty early in that transfer portal cycle. But but he's a guy that started a lot of games for them last year. Um, Garrett Dellinger, he's uh, a veteran in that room, started a lot of games last year for them. Charles Turner, another veteran in that room, started a lot of games. All these guys started a lot and started a good deal together as well last year. So even though your most talented guys like Will Campbell, Emory Jones are true sophomores, um, they do kind of have a lot of experience together. And you mentioned continuity is a strength. I, I'd agree with that too. And then, and then another guy, um, it might not impact this game, but it might uh, kind of the swing guy at tackle for them is another five-star true freshman, potentially the next Will Campbell type guy. Oh, nice. And that's, Good for them. That, that's Yeah, right. That's the Lance Hurd. Um, he's just a massive dude. He's like six, 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 seven, like three thirty, as a true freshman. And um, I think he's probably not going to see the field in this game, or not going to be, in, not going to crack that starting five. But like, if FSU faces them somehow in the playoff or something like that, um, Ooh, I, I almost would bet that he's that he's starting by the end of the year. Maybe a right tackle, and then like kicking Emory Jones inside the guard. I've heard a lot about that, so that might be something to watch in this game, though potentially. Oh, I like that teaser of a potential playoff rematch. Uh, what do we think? We think Florida State's going to have to bring, like, blitzing, pressure, going to have to play a lot of games to get some pressure on this offensive line? I mean, I'm a, I don't want an outright prediction, but who do you think is going to get the better of that by the time we're seeing double zeros uh, in the fourth quarter between their offensive line and our defensive line? I mean, I would think this is one of the better pass-blocking offensive lines probably in the country. I mean, like in that top 10 range probably. Nice, but, okay. But, damn, I mean, FSU's defensive line is, is pretty darn good, especially that that kind of main front four, you know, you have with Pat Payton versus uh, Fisk and Lovett. Like, I mean, I'm out there watching fall camp. Those guys are some game wreckers. And um, and if, if FSU can do what they probably think they can, then – maybe that's the biggest thing that could happen for FSU to kind of like run away with it and score by or win by like multiple scores potentially. But I don't exactly anticipate that happening either. I think it will be a good matchup. I think, I mean, shoot, if, if Jared verse can win uh, or can make the impact that he will make, I guess against pretty much every other team on the schedule, probably um, lined up against like a Will Campbell and Emory Jones, then huge. Yeah. Massive. If he I'm can make even FSU. like if he can make almost a similar level of impact to what he made last year, that's tough. I think the thing that's going to be different is that interior pressure. Uh, I think the edges are going to hold up a little bit better for LSU this year, but that interior pressure with a guy who kind of gets skittish like a Jaden Daniels, that could be really that that could really push things over the top. And let's yeah. talk about the guys he's going to throw it to. So both the wide receivers and the tight ends. I think that this is probably the strength of LSU's offense, their wide receivers. And who are the guys that stand out? Obviously, you know, Malik Neighbors, Mason Taylor, the tight end son of Fins Up, Jason Taylor. What do we think about that unit? Are, are they going to give FSU's improved secondary some issues, or is Florida State going to be able to put the cap and limit the explosives on them? I think limiting, limiting the explosives is something that Fuller's always tried to do, and he can probably be probably be successful at, um, at least uh, – keeping Jane Daniels from throwing the ball deep and completing passes downfield. But generally, um, the way that I think they're going to get explosives, if they do, I mean, they probably will. It's a really good offense, guys. Yeah. But 
um, they just have a ton of really, really good athletes in that room, which is exactly what you'd expect from LSU. It's one of those schools that's kind of considered like, you know, wide receiver U. They always have a ton of talent in that room, but they have a lot of speed, a lot of versatility, honestly. And, um, yeah, it starts with a guy like Malik Neighbors. You know, he, he could be like a top three, top five wide receiver in the country. He's that good. Um, and he's kind of just good at everything. Not exceptionally big, but he's got plenty of length, um, awesome body control, run after catch abilities, breaking tackles. He's catching everything thrown in his direction. You know, he's he's a beast. Um, but outside of him, you have a guy like Brian Thomas. He's kind of the big guy in that room, like the the big body dude at six foot four. Um, consistency has been an issue for him in the past. Um, but if he can find that consistency, then he's he's an NFL guy. And I think he's probably the other main NFL guy in this room, at least for this season for them. Um, but even in fall camp, he has kind of struggled with consistency, at least from what I've heard. So that's interesting. And then um, and then the other starter, and there's it really goes like five deep. I have five guys listed to talk about here. But like Kyron Lacey's a, a bigger body slot. Um, he get, gets to start there. He was kind of productive for them last year. And then Aaron Anderson and Chris Hilton are two guys I have noted as like kind of wild cards in this game, especially Aaron Anderson. Um, yeah, they like he, him over on that side of the over on that side, particularly in like the special teams game, right? Like, does he have some? Does he have some like game breaking speed or something like that? Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, looking at his like recruiting profile, um, Andrew Ivins compared him to Jalen Waddle. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's not bad. I get it then. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy who's just just super electric. You know, he's a guy that can definitely get active in like the screen game, or um, or those short yardage passes like we're talking about. Um, where LSU likes to thrive, and that's kind of where I feel like they can find some explosives, or that's where they should probably look to do it, is getting the ball into a, the hands of a guy like Aaron Anderson, you know, three, four yards downfield or behind the line of scrimmage, and, and seeing what he can do with it against a secondary for FSU that's, that's I think, is pretty good, but um, but isn't, like, isn't the twitchy, you know, compact-built guys that – uh that are necessarily built to stop that kind of player. I think FSU secondary, the general theme of it is like length and physicality and that sort of thing. But a guy like Aaron Anderson can potentially be a mismatch, I think. And then Chris Hilton's another guy kind of like that too, who's just exceptionally fast, quick, that sort of guy. So Aaron Anderson and Chris Hilton are, are some potential X factors that aren't those main three starters. I'm with you. This this LSU wide receiver unit, particularly the way that they like to call the offense and what Jaden Daniels is good at, they're going to force Florida State secondary to tackle, to play sound fundamental football. Malik Neighbors is explosive, but six foot, two hundred pounds. He's only the tenth one thousand yard receiver in the history of that school, which I think is surprising to be on that list. is very impressive, but only three touchdowns, thousand seventeen yards, three touchdowns. So not like getting a ton of like explosive big bombs. Thomas is really the only one with like elite size. So what's going to happen is, and you saw it a couple of times when I did the the position preview with Adam and Kevin, there were some times where Florida State secondary put themselves out of position, particularly in run fits, but sometimes in like screens and flares and short yardage passing by not working their way through blocks. They're going to have to do that this game. They're going to have to put themselves in the right position. They're going to have to fight through blocks because they're going to be seeing a lot of screens and slants and stuff in that one to 10 intermediate range. And those guys that you mentioned, can really break the game. Now, before we go to defense, 
Let's talk about Mason Taylor, one of the most talented Titans in the country. How's Florida State going to have to contain them or contain him? And who on FSU's defense is going to be primarily tasked with that, in your opinion? I think it's a really good question because he's, good, he's, one, of the, <laughs> he's one of the harder players uh, in the country to guard, probably, at that position especially. He's definitely really versatile. He's listed like he's listed six six two fifty five. I mean, he's a huge dude, and he moves really well. Um, but I, I think it'd be interesting to see. Um, I mean, you I talk about the length at Florida in the Florida State secondary. Maybe a Shaheen Brown coming down as ooh okay from safety, something like that. Or uh, in the past, you've seen FSU like to go. Uh, you know, a lot of defenders in the field, like Jamie Robinson in the dime last year, or Shaheen Brown in the dime as like a dime backer last season. So maybe. Maybe they have a guy do that this season um, uh, that's uh, other than Shaheen Brown. I mean, they have plenty of length to do it, but guys that come to mind, like maybe an AZ Thomas um, is kind of a bigger framed corner with a lot of length. Or, uh, I mean, I guess linebacker-wise, you have Kalen DeLoach, and he's a really good athlete. Maybe they task him with that at times. But you have guys that can that can give a good effort, um, <laughs> but yeah, where right. they can really shut him down is – remains to be seen he's going to be one of the most productive pass catchers they have all season again i can hear brendan and chris like cackling from their office as you just got to get an AZ Thomas mention in there hey you know me you were right about it let them laugh and you'll you'll laugh all the way to the bank my brother it sounds Mm -hmm. like you were right on that one that's the plan that's that's a good that's a good breakdown it's going to be like it's a productive offense it's going to be tough to top top 25 in the country last year potential to be even better this year it's a tough task for florida state's defense now let's talk about what florida state's offense has to go against another talented talented unit it's it's a very balanced team this is going to be an awesome game um matt house their defensive coordinator is highly respected i want to start up at the front because florida state uh, Florida State is breaking in some new names on the offensive line, unlike LSU. And who are the guys that they're going to have to face off against? The most notable exception, let's get the Jabril Peppers crap out of the way now. Mason Smith is not playing in this game. It will be mentioned nine million times. Whatever. Neither is Daryl Jackson. So, I mean, <laughs> don't let push, right? Anyway, let's not get into sure. it. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'll take that. Who are the guys that Florida State's offensive line is going to have to contend with on Sunday night? Yeah, I think so last like this defense in general really is there's a ton of new phases on that. I think there's only there's only two guys in this starting group or my estimation of what the starting group's gonna look like that were starting last year for LSU. And none That's of them are, are yeah, and none of them are in the uh the front like six or seven or whatever you want to call it, the defensive line, the linebackers. Um but they do have talent because they're LSU and because they hit the transfer portal really hard and, and really well, like FSU uh, has done the last couple of years, um, which is kind of another way that, that they're pretty similar and <laughs> uh, how complete and deep and talented they are to rival FSU. But, um, but on the defensive line, I guess if we're going from like left to right type of deal, starting at defensive end, I think the most notable guy without a doubt is Savian Jones, which is kind of a, a huge dude um, who he wasn't on uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list, but he was mentioned as a freak. Um, <laughs> six uh, foot six, 270 pounds. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's listed 280 on ESPN, but yeah, he's huge. Um, and he, I think he was clocked to like 20, 
20 and a half miles an hour running this this camp and oh, um, <laughs> can jump like 11 feet or broad jump 11 feet. Uh, he's he's insane. Um, but he hasn't been overly productive in his career. And he's played a few seasons. So uh, I, I think he should be relied upon to make a big impact in this game in both pass rush and run support. But he's not a guy that's really proved to be like a game breaker. Like maybe he could. He was a super highly regarded recruit, which makes sense as as that type of prospect, that type of athlete, that size. But um, but if he can't really take a step up, then then that, I think it'd probably spell trouble for LSU's defense. Uh, and then other guys on the line, you have uh, Makai Wingo, who's kind of the highlighted guy up front. He's an All American uh, defensive tackle. Not Mason Smith, honestly. Mason Smith is. Like category of his own, yeah. Yeah, kind of like Daryl Jackson though, and how um how we've talked about Daryl Jackson, like he's he kind of would add some of this FSU defense that they don't have otherwise because he's six six and two hundred and thirty four pounds of like lean muscle. I mean, dude's got like veins popping out of his biceps and stuff, and he's just like three forty. Um, <laughs> and Mason Smith is like that, um, but even more athletic, I'd say. I mean, he's a very legit like top ten defensive lineman top 10 pick uh in the draft type guy very very and, um, elite of the elite skill set physical traits so wingo is very good like very you said good. he's six foot one 300 pounds an anchor yeah. uh, he played 14 games last season in 14 games six tackles for loss three sacks so he's a he's a he's a solid hand he's, he's a not very... the, it's but it's not the same right obviously it's what it sounds like Kind of similar to their running back group a little bit. No real game breakers. A lot of high, a lot of high floor dudes. The Savion Jones guys. Those those stats are eye popping. But he's only had three starts in his career. Yeah, and yeah. It's it, it's interesting. Now, if those guys take the step up and take advantage of Mason Smith's absence, that could be a real X factor in the game. Particularly, we're very hot. We're we're pretty high on Florida State's offensive line, but we've never seen this unit of five work together, right? So we don't really know. So if LSU, if those guys can capitalize on their potential, it could be what makes or breaks the game for Florida State, right? I agree. Yeah, I mean, hey, you kind of win in the trenches, right? And then they have they have the potential to do that for sure. And um, talking about Wingo, I mean, definitely a guy who's. I feel like he hasn't really shown to be a great pass rusher, which is probably what they're going to need to do. Um, yeah, big time. I agree. But he is a great run defender. And um, the other main guy in that room, Jacobian Guillory, is, is kind of a similar case. Kind of kind of built like fire hydrants, you know, and they do a really good job of that. Um, and they're really strong, really good run-stopping guys, but not guys that have proven to be great pass rushers from the interior either. And then the transfers that they've taken – uh, I know that they like them, but they're also guys, uh, Jordan Jefferson and Jalen Lee, um, that, I mean, I know like FSU like kind of passed on in the portal, so I'm not particularly high on them myself just based on that. I think FSU is pretty good at evaluation. I'm sure LSU is too, but they probably got the better better deal of the transfer DTs. So for the first time in what feels like a very long time, I would handily take Florida State's defensive line over an LSU defensive line. Agree. For sure. Agree. Fun. Good for us. That feels nice to say. Now let's talk about their linebacker unit because this one could cause us some problems, and that's Harold Perkins. You've seen the highlights. Maybe not if you don't want to stress yourself out. They say he's going to play in a more traditional role. 
this season, and he may very well do that. I think Brian Kelly is going to use him as a as a destroyer, as a juggernaut. Because they are missing Mason Smith, they need somebody that can cause havoc on that Florida State offensive line, speed Jordan Travis's thought process up, get some tackles for loss, get some negative plays, get that Mike Norvell off the offense off the field. And I think they're gonna I, I think I don't I'm not saying that Brian Kelly's necessarily being untrue. I think that he's going to be all over the field Sunday night because he has to be for them to have a chance to stop this offense. What do you think? That's exactly what I think. I think they he needs to have a massive impact in this game for them to have a, a really good chance, I think. Um, but he might just do that because like, he needs to be special, but he is special. Um, he's just a pretty insane athlete. I mean, he's a- absolutely the X factor of this defense, but he's – He's a crazy athlete. He's absolutely in that conversation of like best defensive player in the country. Um, similar to Jared verse, honestly, in that way, probably, you know, if we're plugging this into a video game or something like that, Harold Perkins probably like ranked a little higher. I would say even the Jared verse, like 99 um, versus 98 or 97, like we're, yeah. we're split hairs, but this guy, just right. to give you guys an idea, I think that's great context thing. Cause in the same vain and kind of reverence that we've been talking about Gerald Jared verse this offseason. That's Harold Perkins for LSU. Now he does it differently and he's going to be more in coverage and playing as a linebacker, but this is a linebacker that had seven and a half sacks last year, 14 quarterback hurries. He forced four fumbles, 13 tackles for loss, 72 tackles total and an interception just to like get the, the, the sent tuple double or whatever. He does it all, man. So it's yeah. Mike Norvell. It's a guy that Norvell is going to scheme around, and I assure him, uh, him and Alex Atkins have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, he needs to be super impactful, but but getting away from him is probably, I guess, your best bet. Or just, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about ways that FSU could uh, kind of evade him in a sense. I mean, I wonder if you know whether they place him on a guy like Jaheim Bell for some snaps or whatever it is. Like he's a, he's absolutely the, to give a glimpse of his athleticism, I guess, or his potential. Like he definitely is the type that could, a type of linebacker that could cover Jaheim Bell as well as being like an elite pass rusher. I mean, pass rushing is what he does best, honestly. And if you can keep him from doing that, um, that's probably your recipe for success. Uh, he was kind of, kind of like a, like a Micah Parsons skill set. Mm, good comparison. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think there's a lot of things they can do, right? Like maybe they can have him as the option guy. They can just traditionally run away from him. There's going to be a lot of tight end chips, maybe kind of using those. Mike Norvell loves those nub formations, maybe getting him on an athletic tight end and covering somebody. And even if he, even if the coverage is tight, he's out of the play and not a factor for that. There will be Mike Norvell. He's in Alex Atkins, exotic running schemes, pulling, countering, screen game maybe take advantage of that aggressiveness maybe he will he wasn't a factor last year now obviously he came on at the end of the year but maybe take advantage of that mindset to where he has to be the guy and maybe get him playing a little bit outside of himself and take advantage of that aggressiveness either way easier said than done and the other guys surrounding him omar spates the guy that florida state looked at in the transfer portal and then greg penn solid solid players i want to talk about this lsu secondary though this is where I always get a little nervous, right? And I don't know if it's my mindset as an FSU fan because of what I've seen over the past couple of years, always waiting for the, the other shoe to drop a little bit. 
But there's been some negative reports surrounding the secondary that has a lot of new faces. And when I see too many negative reports, I start to get a little skeptical. Like, hmm, like that's eh, a lot of negative reports. You think they're throwing it out there? Or, Dane, what do you think, man? You've seen these guys, new faces. Is the secondary that big of a question mark at LSU, which is just like the running back room, dude. You don't hear that at Louisiana State University. Yeah, right. Definitely. Um, yes, it is a huge question mark. And I, yes. think, I think it is why FSU is going to win the game. Oh, tease of the prediction. Okay, fantastic. All right. Wait um, on me, Dane. I, I think uh, when you're looking at their safety room, I think they're probably fine. Um, only one guy is like a sixth, seventh-year transfer from Marshall. His name's Andre Sam. He's a guy FSU I think was really interested in, honestly. Um, and he ended up siding with LSU. I think he's from Louisiana. And the other guy is a, is a veteran in that, in that uh, defense named Major Burns. He's – you know, one of the two guys that is a returning starter. Um, and I guess the nickel corner is probably going to be Greg Brooks, who might be the most reliable guy in the entire secondary for them. He's, again, a returning starter. But your outside corner spots for LSU Ooh, gets is... A little, gets a little murky there, huh, buddy? It gets really murky. Um, I think they're in real rough shape there, man. Um, Why honestly, Well, I think they're probably their best outside guy is a guy named Zai Alexander and he uh, he's a much longer guy. He's listed six foot two, 188 pounds, but he's been playing college football for a little while now. And it's been described to me as like maybe a guy that lacks some physicality. And Oh no, not against Johnny and Keon. We don't want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's exactly that he really lacks physicality or if it just looks that way because he was also described as kind of like a, a thinner framed guy. And I feel mm-hmm. like a guy who's, I mean, he's a much taller, longer corner and to not even be 190 pounds. I feel like that's Ooh. kind of not a good matchup to begin with, even if you do have the length to compensate. Right. Sure. Um, Especially not just in the passing game. Johnny Wilson's like the best perimeter blocking wide receiver in the nation. He deletes linebackers with regularity. That could be tough on some wide receiver screens to maybe a guy like a Destin Hill or a Winston Wright. Maybe some guys coming out of the backfield. I like what I'm hearing here, buddy. And uh, and he's also, and this is another key thing with Zy Alexander, who again is probably their best corner, um, is he is a FCS transfer from southeastern Louisiana, which is a pretty big uh, FCS program. But this is, like, far and away the biggest game he's ever played in. Um, He's never played, I don't think, a team like Florida State, and he's definitely never uh, played on this stage against this level of competition. So that's, I mean, in itself, that's a question mark, even if he was a no-doubt stud. But I think from a size standpoint and factoring in his lack of experience on this kind of stage, I think that's a huge question mark by itself. And he's probably their best guy. Um, their other likely starter, I'd say, is uh, across from him is Deuce Chestnut, who, Trey, I'm, you're probably familiar with. Uh, we're, we're all familiar with it. That Syracuse <laughs> game was a, that was a nice, that was a nice, light, easy viewing for Florida State. Johnny had fun, and he may have fun again. So it's, it's at least familiarity, right? It, it's going to breed a little bit of contempt, I think, with Deuce when he sees Johnny lined up again. But it's, we know what happened the first time. Uh, I, I'm with you, Dane. It could be, it could be interesting. And just to be fair to Mr. Alexander, there was another FCS transfer that had his first game on a national stage last year, Jared Verse, and he performed well. 
that's a good point, honestly. But and how, how, is a... However, however, just to bring him back down to earth, he was going against a true freshman that was making his first like appearance on a national stage. And Alexander's going against Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, maybe the talent, most talent-rich unit of a very talent-laden Florida State offense with a quarterback who can sling it. It's it's not it, it's not apples to apples is what I'm saying. So I think he is in for a rough night, to be yeah. honest with you. I think you're probably right. I think it's this is absolutely like bar none, the biggest mismatch of the entire contest is is FSU's wide receivers on LSU's outside corners. Because LS, FSU's two outside receivers are dominant man-to-man receivers. <laughs> and LSU's outside corners um, are guys they don't particularly trust, I don't think. I mean, Deuce Chestnut, again, like he's a 5'11 guy. He's not even really big to begin with. Um, he was really kind of bullied last year by Johnny Wilson. And um, if that's their second-best corner – then that's probably not great. But also not just the starters. Like, I don't think they have a ton of depth behind them either. Uh, what I've heard, I've heard their their third guy is probably uh, Sage Ryan, who is another, like, homegrown guy at L- uh, LSU. But, um, but he's played there for two years, and he's played safety the entire time. Oh, so he'd, and, be, their, he'd be their next guy up at cornerback. Yeah, at outside corner. And he changed positions about a couple weeks ago. Denver Harris, what's his deal with the team? Third team is what I've heard. Um, not a factor. It's what I've heard, most likely. Uh, so for a multitude of reasons. Um, right. Yeah. And it's, it's Denver Harris, by the way, for people who aren't familiar, exceptionally talented, like five-star guy from last year's class, was really good at Texas A&M when he got in as a true freshman. Did some really dumb stuff and ended up transferring to LSU. And he's, I guess, not cleaned up his his act entirely. Uh, I know he got uh, had some issues in camp where uh, he was suspended temporarily, and now he's back with the team. But yeah, I was told not to expect him a ton in this matchup, which is a, a lot huge, of suspensions, right? a lot of suspensions, a little bit of turbulence in Brian Kelly's year too, his second preseason camp. It's interesting, especially when he's integrating a lot of new faces, right? Like they have a lot of continuity but a lot of new faces on the defensive side of the ball to integrate. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk predictions. You gave a preview, so I'm going to hold off on yours because everybody cares what you have to say anyway, other than me. I'm with you, Dane, as far as my prediction. I think Florida State's going to win this game 35-24. to I think that it'll be close early. I think that the that talent discrepancy between our wide receivers and their wideouts I think will show its ugly head over the course of the game, particularly because that depth is going to get tested. I think LSU will do an admirable job at first holding up against the run, but I think the depth of Florida State's offensive line is going to wear against an LSU defensive line that is good but not great. I think that the offense will take over and the defense will do just enough to cap the top off to win by like 11 points, 11 points. I think it's going to be a comfortable victory. What do you think? I like it. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Possibility at all, Trey. I think this offense, this FSU offense is, uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to score points for sure. Um, and it starts with the outside wide receivers in that matchup, but also, yeah, like I, I know FSU thinks that they can run the ball like reasonably well on basically anyone. And I don't think LSU's, wonderfully built to stop that they're definitely a really good front 
but it's not something that FS can't mid the ball on, especially when you're utilizing the legs of Jordan Travis and the improvements of Trey Benson and the depth and improvements on the offensive line. I think it's just, I think FSU is going to score a lot of points. And uh, I'm going to guess a 38 to 30 win for Florida State. Oh, I like that, dude. Both just, just hammering, just annihilating the spread. I feel good, Dane, and I feel good because I, I, I'm nervous, but I feel good about FSU on Sunday. But I feel real good that we're back to adult thy enemy, brother. Season two, are you ready? Oh, I am. This is fun, Trey. I love it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, guys, Knowles 24-7 is the place to be. Ton of pregame, ton of postgame, ton of recruiting. It's the best site in the entire world. You know that. And if you're not a subscriber, we hate you. And uh, change that so you can be your friend again. For Dane Draper, I am Trey Roll, and this was Noel Thy Enemy. Guys, we'll be seeing you here every week. We love you. Keep chopping out. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.